This Breaking Views podcast is sponsored by Refinitive. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Rogers News. You're listening to The Views Room, a weekly podcast from Reuters Breaking Views. I'm Jennifer Saba. On the lineup for this edition, we're going to discuss which tech giant, Apple or Alphabet, is in a better position. And over in Asia, my colleagues are putting Japanese electronics conglomerate Sony under the microscope now that cage rattler Dan Loeb is back on the scene. Two of the biggest companies just reported, Apple and Alphabet. Um, They are gigantic. They're huge. Everyone sort of looks at these companies like they're fast-growing Silicon Valley behemoths. Um, and, And they both have similar problems, but there is also a lot that separates them, and that's what we're going to get into today. And joining me in the studio is Rob Siren. Welcome, Rob. Hey, Jen. So let's start with Apple. Yesterday, they reported uh, weaker iPhone sales. Revenue fell. Um, and yet, they seem to manage to pull it out of the hat, and investors are super happy with them. Why don't you walk us through some of the details? Okay. So it's one of these classic Wall Street cases where if people don't follow Wall Street closely, stocks closely, they think, okay, so Apple, their sales fell, but the stock went up. Why is that? Um, the answer is simple. Investors don't really expect much of Apple. Okay. The company's worth, it has a market cap of a trillion dollars right now. Um, the thing is they, they earn incredible amounts of money and they have a lot of money on their books. Um, I forgot the amount of it's like a hundred and thirty. It's more than a hundred hundred uh, billion dollars. Yeah, more cash. than a hundred billion dollars net cash. Net cash, um, and they also had you know a huge amount of uh, earnings were were you know they shrank, but they were still very good. The company's still pulling in billions of dollars, um, and what they did is they they bought back a lot of stock also during the quarter. They bought back I think it was twenty six billion dollars of total. Oh, I think 20, more than 27 billion. $27 billion of investor, both in dividends and stock buybacks. So that's a lot of money going to investors. And the combination was basically, so, so investors took a look at it and said, well, hold on. Okay. So we don't really expect much of this company. We expected sales to fall, but they didn't fall quite as fast as we thought. And the, the company's returning so much cash to investors that, you know, maybe it's worth more than, than, the market thinks. Okay, so let's contrast that with Alphabet, which is the parent of Google. Mm-hmm. And it is also a machine. And there is uh, basically it's a duopoly with Facebook in terms of who is dominating online advertising. There seems to be just more room for growth as, as both these companies gobble up more share. Um, that certainly seems to be the case with uh, Google. And yet, mm-hmm. they just got completely hammered. So it's the exact mirror image, mirror image of what happened at Apple. Um, Google's uh, revenue shot up seventeen percent, which um, is let's put this in context. Yeah. That is huge for, for a company, company this that size. big. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, you expect a company that big to be growing a revenue about the size of the economy, like two percent a year or something like that. Seventeen percent is phenomenal. Which is thirty-seven billion is what they reported. Yeah, the and and their earnings would have been even more um, if it weren't for a, a fine from the from the European Commission. You have to think if those fines aren't going to you know they're not going to repeat every quarter, so yeah. they're going to have higher earnings in the future. The problem is investors just expected a lot more. To say seventeen percent, investors also looked at and and they they panicked a bit. Um, and why is that? It's because at some point you know the the ad market's been growing really really fast. But at some point, the fear is that, you know, they can only put so many ads on each page on your mobile phone. You know, if, if, you're, if they're 
if the first page results is all ads, they can't put any more ads than that. So at some point, they're going to max out the market. And people are saying, okay, that day, it's not here yet because the company's still growing, but it's getting closer. In other words, they, they see maturities coming on, and so they're, they're freaking out because they're thinking, you know, it's not going to grow to be the biggest company ever. Okay, so there, there's a couple of other things happening here. One is that um, Apple is, is much older than Alphabet slash Google. Um, they went public in 1980. Google went public in uh, 2004. It's a 24-year difference, right? So Apple is way more mature compared to Alphabet, Google. Um, but they are still kind of faced with the same problem, which is they have to find the next big thing. Yeah. So Apple has been warning about iPhone sales. The market is saturated. Um, because they put out such a nice product, it's people are hanging on to it longer. It's it's more expensive. Um, so you're not going to, th- that turn and that, you know, resale isn't happening as quickly yeah, and as, yeah, as, as yeah, much as, to as put, Apple. To put it simply, I mean, almost everyone has a phone right now. Right. Um, and the other thing is people are replacing their phones less often because, you know, it used to be five, ten years ago, you know, every generation of phone was like, wow, this is so much more amazing than the one before it. Now a new one comes out and it's like, what's the difference again? I can't yeah. quite tell there, the difference. There are tiny differences. And it's expensive. And, I mean, let's be honest, since Tim Cook has been at the helm since 2011, there has not been a product that, that he has overseen in the marketplace um, that has anywhere near the same equivalent and impact as the iPhone has had. So basically, when you look at Apple, it is very much the iPhone. And that's, that's what it's about. So their next thing is trying to find you know, either the next new dazzling product or mm-hmm. whatever. And so, yeah, so they're, they're, you know, iPhones are a majority of sales, majority of profit. And if that's tapped out, investors are thinking, okay, well, what, what are you going to do for us next? Um, Apple's tried to get around that. They've got services this is their big thing. You know, they're yeah. selling more, um, you know, every time you go to the App Store and you buy something on their App Store, Apple gets a cut. Um, you know, Google pays a lot of money to Apple to make uh, their Google the the default search engine on, on iPhones, that's also some more money for Apple. You know, those services and, and you know, Apple Pay, these services are growing, um, but they probably, and they're, they're nice high margin, they're, they're, you know, profit for Apple, but it's not going to be as big as the iPhone, um, first right. off, and, and second off, it probably won't be as profitable total for the iPhone as the iPhone was because, you know, it's very... The fear is, you know, okay, so people may switch to other phones. So, you know, how durable are these services going to be? And then people will try to work around it. You know, if they keep on trying to get a 30% cut of every time people buy an app in the store, a lot of app make, a lot of uh, software makers are going to try to work their way around it. And some have been having some success yeah. in doing that. So the thing is, these revenues may not be durable. Well, they may not be durable. And let, let's just face it, let's boil this down to even more of what it should be, is that Apple is, at its heart, a hardware company. It is not a services company. It's not, you know, what a, a, a media company or whatever else it's yeah. trying to we, kind of... We saw their their presentation yeah. earlier this year at services. Yeah. It, was, it was really scattershot, and it yeah. wasn't obvious what they were doing. Yeah, so you have that. And then if you... Um, look at Alphabet and Google, their main profit is online advertising. It's, it represents 85% of their total revenue. Um, and they've got to figure out, you know, what do we do next? What's the next big thing over here? And that's partially why they split the company and they called it Alphabet because they pulled apart 
um, I guess what you would call their R and D division. And mm-hmm. you I mean, you can explain yeah. better, but it was like, you know, yeah, they've had about as much success as Apple. In other words, not yeah. much. Um, you know, they've done all these moonshots as they call them. Um, you know, we've been talking about Google having blimps in the sky for, for internet connection and self-driving cars and life extension drugs and all these things for years. Um, and we keep on talking about them. Nothing's really happening. Yeah. So, you know, there's potential there that they could do something. And they, they have had some success with uh, AI, machine learning, whatever you want to call it. Um, for instance, you know, when you when you translate something now, it's much better than it was a few years ago. That's because they've had success in, in, in artificial intelligence, as they call it. Um, that could lead to something down the line, but it's not clear at this point. And so... Again, it all comes down for if you want to take a look at investors, you know, what what are the chances Google's going to find something new? And Google investors are counting on the both the ad revenue market to keep on growing pretty fast and for them to find a successor. Yeah. And it's not clear they can do either. Okay. So um, if you were to step back, who do you think is in the better position to kind of weather this? If you're talking about a company or a stock, they're two sort of different things. If you're talking about the company, I would place my bets on Google. They've got a greater shot of actually coming up. I think AI is could be very useful for a yeah. lot of things. If you're talking about and you know, inventing hardware is difficult, but Apple's done. You know, it had a genius in Steve Jobs, but it's not clear they can they can redo it again with another hardware. If you're talking about stocks, it's a different thing because basically it comes down to expectations and as George Bush put it memorably said the the luxury of of soft expectations i think he called it um it's no one expects apple to do anything and that's pro- priced appropriately you know if if your if your revenue declines five percent and your stock rallies five percent which, which it did <laughs> which it did yeah. that's pretty easy to live up pretty easy to live up to those low expectations if you know you have to grow your, if you if you grow your revenue 17 percent and your stock falls Eight percent. It was like a huge yeah, drop. As, as what happened to Alphabet, that's pretty hard to live up to. And so I'll just play the odds and say, you know, always bet on the person who has low expectations. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. Thanks, Rob. You're welcome. I'm Pete Sweeney. I'm here in Hong Kong chatting with Alec McFarlane about the $60 billion Japanese electronics conglomerate Sony. Um, Sony's been back under pressure, uh, for better or worse, from Dan Loeb at Third Point. He's been in the company before and exited, and now he's, he's back with a stake and pushing for change. Alec, what's, what's the program this time around? Yeah, so uh, Dan Loeb bought shares in uh, 2013, uh, you might remember, and pushed Sony to uh, spin off its, its entertainment business. Uh, it wasn't successful in doing that, and the management didn't, didn't listen to them and didn't do that, but Dan Loeb did make a 20% return on his investment. Uh, now uh, Dan Loeb and Third Point have returned, apparently what well, Reuters reported earlier this month, and are, are rebuilding a stake in the company. And this kind of comes in the in the midst of a bit of a bit of a turnaround at the company. You'll kind of you know remember the, the sort of iconic maker of the Walkman is now sort of you know pivoting more towards the entertainment business. It's exited chemicals, it's exited laptops, and it's but now... it's still in a lot of other businesses, right? Which is sort yeah. of the issue. Can exactly. You tell us, and the, the most recent earnings didn't look too rosy either. 
So a lot of people have been talking about, well, you know, we've got all these disparate business units that don't complement each other. We got a line of seven conductors. We're making gaming consoles. We make movies, music. I think, uh, and and I think there's a line in insurance. Um, you know, what 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 is being pushed for in terms of rationalizing the the mix? Well, nothing's being pushed for at the moment. So Reuters are reporting that Third Point is is building up its stake, and the the expectation is that. Uh, the fund will uh, perhaps ask it to to sell or explore options for its movie business. And it's also probably going to ask it to explain how the insurance units and the semiconductor units fit within the, the wider company. Well, so, and, and does, does the, the performance support any particular thesis, to your view, of what they should keep and what they should leave? Well, the, the, the Q1 results weren't particularly supportive of, of Sony on, on Friday. So the, the movie business, is, the movie's business is, is actually kind of doing okay. Uh, it's profitable. The, the, you know, the profits increase. But I think the, the, the issue is that uh, the, the, TV production, the TV and film production business isn't coming under increasing pressure from the likes of Netflix, NBC. Disney, so that kind of puts that on pretty shaky ground going forward. But also, the I mean, the semiconductor business has has, has had some issues, and the, the profits fell on Friday, or they, the the reported profits fell, uh, and also the, uh, the the financial services division, the, the profits fell quite sharply in that unit. So, if third point is is pushing Sony to explain its uh, how its insurance businesses and how its semiconductor business fit within the wider group, then uh, the the results on Friday will certainly support that uh, that argument from third point to some extent. Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting because even if they say they sell off the movie business, for example, I mean, you still end up with a conglomerate that is made of like these things that don't seem to fit that well together. What what does the end game for Sony look like? What does a, a rational, because arguably you could have an entertainment related business where you have games and, and movies and music and that sort of makes sense and you can invest, I mean, at least to an investor, the theme makes sense. Um, but that means losing not the movie business. That means losing, you know, financial services uh, and semiconductors, presumably. I mean, what's your view? I mean, the view is that, you know, that there's a big case to be made for Sony sort of becoming a lean kind of mean content machine, you know, kind of having all the sort of entertainment businesses in, in one package. So having uh, the, the the music business, having the, the, the games business and having the movie, the movie business. And, and being a kind of content king. So, I mean, you know, the issue at the moment with the, with the profit forecast is that PS4 sales are, are naturally falling. That's not the new boss's fault. That's just that kids have got bored with the PS4 and they're waiting for the PS5. That's going to be at least a year away. And the future of gaming is in cloud gaming. And, you know, there's there's obviously uh, in, there's news that Google is, is going to launch a cloud gaming business. And that's kind of got everyone on edge. But there's a big case to be made that Sony's already making pretty decent early positive strides in in cloud gaming uh, and a lot of the, the the fears over google's business is is quite overblown so just kind of having a more focused business on you know sort of almost kind of capital light businesses whereas you know a lot of the other companies that they have a lot of the other units are very capital intensive smartphones which is just bleeding money semiconductors which isn't necessarily a, a terrible business you know they've the, the, there's you know, there's a lot of it positives about really. the business. It just doesn't really fit in with 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 the sort of future as, as to where investors see Sony. Yeah, well, we'll see what their explanations are to Dan and, and what he what he makes of them. Um, but thanks for talking to me, Alec. 
That's our show for this week. I'd like to thank our guests, Rob Searin, Pete Sweeney, and Alec McFarlane. Hats off to our producers, Andrew D'Antonio and Freddie Joyner. Our final thanks go to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Check us out every day at breakingviews.com, and don't forget to tune in next week for another edition.